I'm Shannon. And I'm Lisa. And you're listening to Black Tivities, a celebration of all things Black. Black culture, Black history, Black perspectives, and Black panache. Celebrating our Blackness doesn't mean exclusion. Everybody's invited, but you got to come in and have a seat. So let, let the Black Tivities begin. Welcome to Black Tivities Pod, where we love to celebrate us. I'm Shannon, and she's Lisa. Hey, hey. And today, we're talking about our favorite topic, us. Mm-hmm. As Black women, we are constantly being labeled as angry. If we're passionate about something, we are mad. If we oppose something, we are mad. If we don't smile, we mad. Well, damn it, shouldn't we be mad? We should be mad. Look at what we've been through. Look at what we have to deal with on a daily basis. So this situation occurred um, at the workplace. When you work in certain fields, and I'm not just saying there's only, you know, particular fields because everyone experienced some type of racism or just something, no matter what job you're in. But this, you know, particular situation I encounter a lot of customers, especially when I first start working where I work, where I was the only African-American in that space. And I would get comments from customers um, telling me that I was lucky to be in the position that I am, considering I'm assuming that me being black, um, I was pretty for a black girl. Um, These are some of the things. So when you're constantly hearing things that are just ridiculous on a regular basis, of course, you're going to get irritated. But one particular day I had this customer that was being very disrespectful to the point to where I had to, and we do this often where we code switch. And I felt like I was losing my code switch because it was getting to the point where, I mean, she was already past disrespectful and here it is. I'm being respectful to where I had to switch up and let her know that I'm not the one. And when I did that, it caused, in my opinion, my coworkers to look at me like, yo, like, why she do that? Like, why does she say that? Versus them stepping in. And, and again, in my opinion, saying, hey, this is not OK. This is unacceptable. We have to be respectful here. So I was really, really trying to assist this customer with, you know, their requests. But because they wasn't hearing what they wanted to hear. After me telling um, this customer that, hey, I unfortunately would not be able to assist you with your request due to, you know, what's exactly is going on. But I'll see if I can find somebody else. And she told me to sit my butt down and I lost it. (laughs) So I'm for my core. I need a minute. I need to just walk away. I need a minute because I'm about to flip out because she's being very disrespectful. As I was walking out, I heard one of my coworkers say, Why is she so mad? Well, yes, granted, she wasn't there to hear the whole conversation, but she knew what the customer said to me. But if it would have been someone of another race, do you think that would have happened? Do you think she would have asked why I was so mad? I don't think so. Yeah. So it's just it's just crazy. I I again want to make sure that I'm not passing anything on or teaching my children you know, um, any of the bad habits that we may have, especially when it comes to dealing with certain situations. But 
we are entitled to be upset about something. We just have to make sure we're finding the correct way of dealing with it. Right. When you lose the ability to code switch, it's, it's, it's a problem. Yeah. It's on and popping. Yeah. So with that, let's uh, go ahead and uh, let's see if you can share with some sax facts with us. Give us something interesting. The plight of the black woman includes humiliation, rape, experimentation, and over-sexualization. Forced to stand naked at auction and undergo physical exams to determine reproductive ability in front of a crowd of onlookers, determining her worth by how much money or pleasure she could bring. She had no dominion over her body, time, or image as she could be forced to fulfill massive sexual desires while being told that he could rightfully take it because she was his property and seduced him. She could also be forced to have sex to make more slaves and therefore more money and then was thrown right back in the field after giving birth or forced to take care of his kids and neglect her own. She was experimented on sterilized and mutilated for the sake of science without anesthesia by people like James Marion Sims, the so-called father of gynecology, who, by the way, has half a dozen statues around this country. Ever since then, we've been labeled and portrayed as promiscuous, Jezebels, seductresses, bitches, hoes, like the molestations, rapes, and oversexualization of our bodies was our fault. Meanwhile, we are the last to get any rights or fair treatment. Called out of our names, ignored and passed over for jobs and promotions that we are overqualified for. And if you want the facts on that, the National Center for Education Statistics says Black women have been obtaining degrees at a consistently high rate for the last eight years and counting. Information collected about the higher education among African-Americans between 2009 and 2010 shows that black women accounted for 68% of associate degrees, 66% of bachelor's degrees, and 71% of master's degrees, and 65% of doctorate degrees. Mm. So we are overqualified. We've been catering to white women and their crocodile tears, holding down and protecting our black men, sometimes at the expense of our own well-being, who then leave us at the first sign of success for something other or foreign looking. And that's not a slick diss to those women because we're all beautiful. Not only are we black, but we're also women. A double minority equals double disrespect. Malcolm X once said, the most disrespected person in America is the black woman. The most unprotected person in America is the black woman. The most neglected person in America is the black woman. But you got the nerve, the audacity, the caucasity to ask me why I'm mad. Mm. Y'all got me effed up. Mm. And that's the MF and sax facts.
<laughs> that right there, the um, Malcolm X quote about African-American women being the most unprotected, the most disrespected, like, I mean, obviously that is very popular. Everyone knows that, but that doesn't stop the question of why are we so mad? We hear this so often, so often, but we also need to make sure that we're not contributing to them asking. Lisa, it don't matter what we do. If we say something, we mad. Mm -hmm. If we don't say something, we mad. Mm -hmm. If we smile, we're smirking, we mad. If we don't smile, we mad. Like, it doesn't matter what we do. If we breathe wrong, we mad. And, and And it's crazy. It is really crazy. Another thing is you, you said aggressive. Then you say something about being aggressive earlier. We're labeled that. that. Um, yeah. yeah, we're not aggressive. In my opinion, okay, I feel like we're not. I don't. I wouldn't say we're aggressive. I say that when it comes to certain situations, we stand up for ourselves, and and that's basically it. we stand up for ourselves. We call it for what it is, and anytime. I feel like black women call it for what it is or, you know, we're right there addressing an issue or problem up front. We're being combative. We're being like the difficult. problem. We are starting issues. We are being difficult. And again, it's not it. We're not hostile. We're not overbearing. We're not bitter. What I don't understand is why everybody else can do that, but we can't. It comes with the territory of, again, African-American, like women, we just don't get that same respect. And yes, we run into situations where the black man may not be taken seriously, but men support men. So somehow, and this is just my opinion, African-American men or are giving, you know, extra opportunities or may, you know, be looked out more before the African-American woman. So that's why it's very important that we all stick together, especially our black men, make sure they're doing their part to support the black women because it can get lost in translation when it comes to us black women getting the same treatment when it comes, when it compares to other ethnicities. Even though we are not mad all the time, I feel like we have plenty of reasons that we could be mad. Hence, sex facts. And so we asked black women on social media why they were mad. What reasons do they have to be mad? And here are some of the responses we got. PM Kester um, from Instagram stated, I'm angry because if my voice raises an octave, I'm angry. Maybe I'm speaking louder because when I speak in my regular tone, you act like you can't hear me. <laughs> mm. Another Instagram follower, Baddies with Business, stated, I'm mad that we don't get the financial backing that we deserve as small startup businesses, which is very, very important. A very, it's an issue. Another Instagram follower, um, Quranism, stated, My anger is righteous. I'm mad about the, in quotations, pink tax that includes other constantly challenging my womanhood, worth, and choices. And my uterus belongs to me. I am not a thing to be legislated, which is very, very important. But that pink tax, though, that she's referring to is the tendency for products marketed to women to be more expensive. So like, 
you know how there's men's and women's razors. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the women's razors are going to cost more. Right. All right. But Lita shared with us that she'll be in a meeting and she would suggest something. And her counterparts will look at her with blank stares and keep moving, which is, in my opinion, yo, that's 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 very disrespectful. Ten minutes later, someone that may be Caucasian will say the same thing that she said. And it is looked at like it is the most genius idea ever. I have to admit, like, I agree with every one of these here. Us as African-American women, we're not taken serious. Um, as soon as we walk in the room, we're automatically given that stereotype that we are the angry black woman, which is just bananas. So for the first person that shared, you know, about raising her voice, if we raise our voice, we are considered one ghetto. <laughs> huh. And again, we're not taken serious. Like, so like there's always something, there's something wrong. But if we raise our voices, we have to show some compassion, disagreement. Um, we're not smiling. We're breathing heavy. Um, our tone, our tone, it just, it, it automatically comes off as if we're angry. But if a white man has the same response, then he's just passionate about what he does, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to say with Michelle Obama, I have to applaud her because she didn't let it phase her. The amount of negative things that were said during the whole Obama experience, she did not let it phase her with being called a gorilla monkey. Anytime she did come with something intelligent, they still found some type of way to cut her down, mm-hmm. which is bananas. Like her whole perspective of being a first lady and, the things that she did and how active she was at being a first lady compared to other first ladies. I mean, it's, it's amazing. I've seen her out and about more than, than anybody. Right. And they called her aggressive. Yes. I I mean, that, that, that's just bananas. Like why couldn't she get the same, you know, slack that the other first ladies did. Right. But Melania, Girl, don't talk about her. I wasn't even going to say her name. Melania was like, oh, she's beautiful and just the epitome of class. But we looking at her picture in Playboy. Right. Cootie Cat all out. But she got all the respect. They, they talk about she is one of the top three first ladies of all time. And I was like, how? She ain't do nothing. She nothing. They got her on tape talking about how she don't want to be first lady and how she she tired of decorating the White House and it's stupid. <laughs> how you gonna be the first lady and they got you on tape? <laughs> but yeah, I just I just think it's bananas though. How you know again Michelle Obama her whole portrayal how she how she got it bad when everything she did was positive like she's the epitome of amazing. I can't I want to go see her that that picture that was painted of her oh yeah that portrait. Oh, my God. I want to see that in person. That's going to be amazing. But anywho, Um, I also feel like as black women, like we are very loyal. And I feel like people take advantage of that. Like our loyalty gets abused. People ignore us. Like when we have ideas or we have opinions, they kind of get written off or, you know, that won't work. I was listening to something um, the other day, like a podcast and uh it was talking about um, Issa Rae 
and mm-hmm. how when she got her start, somebody actually told her that people were not going to want to look at her on the screen. So her idea wasn't going to work, that she was not pretty enough. Mm. And I thought, wow, if she had listened to all that, look at where she is now. Right. That was just disrespectful. Right. But the ones that were pretty enough to be recorded and do things, um, for instance, Stacey Dash, they thought she was just beautiful. Of course, she has what gray eyes. She was in the movie Clueless. She was given like a higher platform. But then again, I don't know if you've seen her lately. When she recorded a video, her crying because she just found out DMX passed away years ago. <laughs> it's not funny. I'm sorry. That's just an example of mental health, though, and how maybe I'm a conspiracy theorist when it comes to this. Um, how sometimes certain African American women are just used for certain things, mm-hmm. and it does something to men- your mental health. Mm-hmm. It really do. It does something to your mental health. I feel for her, but we got to be careful making sure we're supporting each other. We're aware. And that also, too, we're checking each other. So we can't be afraid to check each other. Um, But checking each each other other. in a respectful, like sisterly way, like because I feel like sometimes black women tend to be catty. And it's just like Mm. um, Mm -hmm. coming at other people and trying to make them feel bad. But like we need to be sisters like we're in this together i i I totally agree um another issue is being overlooked for jobs and promotions now this is a very sensitive topic for me um and i don't want to say you know i don't want to go too much into detail with this so just in case Uh, (laughs) but i do feel like i was overlooked for a job or a, a higher position. But at first for a good while, I was really, really angry about it. I really felt like I was overlooked for that position. I felt like I was really qualified, but after a while I started doing some self analyzing of myself. And I feel like we should, you know, look into this to make sure that we're not labeled angry black women. And I realized that maybe I wasn't fit for it. And this is just my opinion. Because if there was a situation to where it gets a a little, you know, out of hand, you can't change up. You can't cold switch at all. Like you got to stay on task. And I feel like I need to work on that a little bit more. Because if you get real disrespectful, baby, (laughs) I'm going to get disrespectful, which <laughs> <laughs> like I, I really am. So we have to make sure inter- like internally we're not contributing to what their stereotype is. We have to make sure that we're not. But don't don't feel some type of way, though. It does. It does happen. Well, I feel like what God has for you is for you. And he might have been protecting you from something. But. I think so, too. I have had a conversation with a friend of my mom's who she was with a company for 20 something years. And she was talking just about how disrespected she felt because there were many times where despite her loyalty to the company, she was overlooked and people would get 
promotions and raises over her, even though she'd been there forever and she knew what she was doing. And then they would have her like trying to train people how to do stuff. And that's, that just is not right. Wow. It's not, it's, it's not fair. It's not fair. One thing I feel like it's a total smack in the face when you are like, you have everything they need for a job they're hiring for and they turn around and they hire somebody else and then they come and look at you and want you to train them. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what's, 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 why? <laughs> like, you want me to cooperate? No. <laughs> and that's where our, uh, our, uh, being illogical or, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like bitter. That's what that comes into play. Like you knew that I could do this job. You knew I wanted this, but you intentionally went and hired somebody else. And then you've come to me and want me to be the big person, be the ideal employee and train them. Right. Like, no. And then now I'm petty. Right. And now you want to throw that in the mix. Right. Um, I also feel like people don't really care about our health and our well-being. Like, mm-hmm. black girl goes missing. That may not even make it on the news. Right. Right. But, you know, a white girl goes missing they got a whole search team out there looking for her. In one of my pieces, I do say that there's this gentleman, I think his last name is uh, uh, Jamie Inez, if I'm not mistaken. He is a poet. Um, but he did share that there are no amber alerts for amber skin girls. Mm. And I thought that was just amazing. I shared that in one of my pieces. But how many alerts do we get for African American women? I don't, I don't, I don't ever see anything saying uh, this African American woman is missing from so and so, so and so, and we're trying to find her. Like, I wish that we could go and just ask them why is it like that? Like, why do African American women not get the same, you know, out like lookout like um, Caucasian women when it comes to that? Another thing is. I feel like we are expected to take on the burdens of everybody else. We have our own burdens, but there's this stigma of the strong black woman. And yes, everybody wants to feel like they're strong, but that also puts a lot of pressure on us to be able to do it all Mm -hmm. and to be able to take care of everyone. And it leads us to feel like we're failures and things Mm-hmm. Because we struggle through it. Right. I don't want to have to be strong all the time. Right. But unfortunately, that's what we're taught. Because we are black women and the things that we have experienced, we're taught that. We're taught that we have to be strong. We're taught this is embedded in our DNA as black women that we have to no matter what, we got to stand up and we got to take care of it. Like there is no room for taking a mental break. Like whatever it is, you need to figure it out or have a plan B or C when it comes to it. Um, which is, you know, why we are so great at code switching. Because think about a woman, let's say, who is, you know, a single parent now who have to take care of her children on her own. This is doctor's appointments, making sure that they have medical insurance, you know, insurance in general, making sure that they're fed. And it's harder now to get food stamps or anything like that. 
you know, you it used to be you have kids, you automatically get food stamps. Not anymore. That woman has to be the mental stability and the stability period when it comes to the children being taken care of and when it comes to the responsibilities. So when she goes to work, there is no room for having a mental breakdown. There is no room for anything. So on top of those stresses outside of work, she still has to work. She still has to take care of those things. And let's say if she ran into a situation where mentally she's depleted, she does have that mental break and her coworkers look at her and be like, why is she so damn angry all the time? We just got to cry little tears and wipe our faces and put that mask back on and go on about our business. And there used to be so many times where I had to do that as well, where I just had to cry my little bit and then jump back in there because there was no other option. There was no one there to check up on me or make sure I was straight or provide some type of, you know, reason or option to where it could help my situation. Because we got to hold everybody else together. Exactly. We're, we're we're that intricate piece that holds everybody else together. But have you seen, can you see like the residuals of our history in black women today? And is there like some sort of trauma response that we have that you notice? I don't know exactly how to answer that, but I do want to add that we did have an Instagram follower reply um, when you did you know, ask this question on our Instagram page, Black Activities Pod. Miss um, Carla, who is an amazing singer, you can check out some of her um, music on Spotify. Um, she is an amazing singer. Miss Carla Felicia shared that my first inclination is to gaslight myself for commenting on what I'm afraid about. And I'm mad about that. I just got out of an emotional, abusive relationship with a black man who reserved white women for pleasure and made me his mule. I'm mad at him, but I'm also mad at the systems that informed his behavior and informed his consciousness. I'm mad that he was victimized and I'm mad that he in turn victimized me. She also said, I'm also mad that I don't believe I could do better that I deserved it and that I should be grateful it wasn't worse. And that right there, (laughs) I felt that more than anything, the comment saying that we deserve it and that we should be grateful. I hear that often going back to the comment or when I got my position at my job that I should be grateful for having the job that I have being in the position that I am and what that customer was referring to was me being black. Like we're grateful, but we are grateful at our standards, not yours, not because we're black. We've always known we were amazing. We've always known that, but it it just sucks that we're put on that level. And that comment stood out to me because first, when she says her first response was to gaslight herself for commenting on what she's mad about. Mm -hmm. And that Mm -hmm. in turn made her mad. It's like we've been conditioned to think that we don't even have the right to be mad about anything. Yes. 
Yes. We're supposed yes. to just accept it. And I'm going to be honest, when when you post it, like the video asking, I'm going to be like, it's going to be so many people that bypass it because they're not going to know. They're going to feel like, well, that's contributing to them being the angry black woman is talking about it, <laughs> is addressing it, that they're not. And that's not the case. This is our whole thing, so especially with this podcast, is to shine light on the issues and put the right perspective out there of what it truly means and our thoughts when it comes to that. So I have to say, I want to thank all of you guys for, you know, sharing how you feel. Um, It's very vital that this information is put out there, but it's also important that we take heed and we take note of what is being said and we address it among ourselves. That way we know how to properly present it out there because we need to make sure we're stable when we're out in this world. But the whole point is that's a trauma response. Like Mm -hmm. that's conditioning. We've been Mm -hmm. conditioned to think that we cannot be mad. Because the world labels us as being mad regardless of what we do. So we're doing like the opposite to try to not fall into that stigma. But if you think Mm -hmm. about all the things that we've been through, all those things in sex facts, all the things that we still deal with, all the residual just conditioning and, you know, trying to overcome that stigma, trying to overcompensate because people say that we're angry. Like that's a trauma response to me. Yes. Yes. And we have Mm -hmm. so much stuff that we really could be mad about. Like if we wanted to be mad, we are rightfully deserving of that emotion because we are disrespected. We're overlooked. And we are supposed to just take what everybody else gives us. Let's do our black activity. Okay. I got a few scenarios here. This black activity is called y'all got me effed up. So your response is either going to be. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Or y'all got me effed up. Do I have to say effed up? You want me to say effed up? Or are you like, can I say? You can say what you want to say. It it depends on the scenario. Let's go ahead. You can say what you want to say. Let's see see how I respond to it. Let's see how Mona get down. I'm ready. I'm PG-13, but I got heated writing that um, sex facts. (laughs) Let me tell you. Okay, scenario one. You and Bob... We're the only people to apply for that promotion at the job. You know that you're more qualified, but Bob got it. The first day of his new job, Bob comes knocking on your office door asking you how to do something. (laughs) Are you helping Bob or are you going to tell Bob you got me effed up? (sighs) Damn, Shannon. Try, I'm going to try not to get in trouble at work. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I, with me, and I'm going to answer this truthfully, it depends on my relationship with Bob. Okay. Obviously, it would be in a situation if it was anybody else. Uh, obviously, they got me fucked all the way up. But you can professionally find a way of saying 
um, use your resources. Um, I think more or less like we do go out of our way. We go past, you know, our job descriptions, you know, for the sake of the company and making sure things go and flow smoothly. But I think Bob needs to go use his resources. Bob got the job. Bob is getting paid for that. Then Bob needs to go and figure it out. You got it, Bob. Yeah, Bob. Uh, I do. I, unfortunately, I, I do apologize. I won't be able to assist you with that. Um, but let me direct you over to this binder here that does have the information for how to do it. Or <laughs> I will email him the procedures on where he can find how to complete whatever task he needs to complete. And that's going to be on him to figure out and decide. Because do you think Bob would assist me Mm-mm. with that? Bob ain't helping. Right. Bob, you got the promotion. Right, so. You got it. You got it, man. You got it. That's 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 your that's your job description, sir. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm that's not within my authority, sir. That's above my pay grade. Yeah. I try to find the best way of saying that's above my pay grade. But yeah, that's what I would do. I would look, inform Bob that, you know, I'm unable to do that. That's not in my authority record, but this is where you can find it. Okay. Instead of instead of totally shutting him off. But in my mind, I will say, you got me all the way fucked up. All right. What about Becky? Becky loves your new hairstyle and she reaches Mm -mm. out to touch it. Mm -mm. Now, I've been in this situation before and I've also talked to my children about this in which they have. This happens. This used to happen to them often. This is where I will politely raise my hand to stop Becky and say, girl, and in my own way, I said, girl, don't touch my hair. What you doing? And then I'll inform her on, uh-uh, girl, don't, don't do that. What you doing? Give me my space. I may make a joke about it, but again, I'm finding a professional way of doing it. I don't want to be angry, but just inform her that you don't, you, you don't, don't do that. Don't do that. I ain't walking up on you touching your head. Don't be touching me. But in my mind, I don't think you got me fucked up. But again, finding a professional. <laughs> so we also got Karen. Karen's kids go to school with your kid. Karen complains that her kids are being made to feel uncomfortable because your kid decided to wear some kind of shirt, like a Black Lives Matter T-shirt or something with a fist on it. Right. Okay. So she goes to the principal of the school and she's crying. And the principal suspends your kid. You got me all the way motherfucking fucked the fuck up. First of all, if I had to go to the school and they suspend my kid, that's bananas. Okay. That that right there is bananas. And I and I wish my children's school would do that. Because I'm going to be honest with you. They do have shirts like that. Like my oldest daughters, they had matching shirts. They had like black women with different hairstyles on it. And uh, I think it said like beauty is black or something. Melanin is love or something like that. It has something positive. I buy my children shirts like that all the time. I wish they go to school and they get suspended for wearing a shirt that encourages their blackness. So you go into the school if they tell them to take I'm it off? I'm going to the school and, and got it. Well, I ain't going to go to the school and clown. I'm going to go to the board. Because, you know, you go to the school and clown, you going to jail. Right. Okay, last scenario. So Susie, right, she wants to understand your plight as a black woman. 
And instead of like going out, looking on the internet or doing her own research, reading books and things like that, she just wants you to tell her what she's supposed to do and how she's supposed to treat you or interact or how she can help the situation. So for me, when and I encounter Caucasian women that are like this, I don't take offense to it because I look at it as if like, depending on their delivery, that they're really trying to understand because obviously they have not been taught, told or they're not sure or they're coming from a neutral standpoint. So depending on what she asks, I'll probably answer her questions. That way she won't make the mistake of saying something or doing something that she was possibly taught that was inappropriate. So with me, I wouldn't have an issue with just, you know, discussing or giving information. I'm with you on helping Susie out. Like that's a teachable moment to me. So I don't take offense to that, but I know some people do take offense to that. But anyway, I'm ready for Lisa's piece. So this piece is called Don't Play With Me. Imagery is important. No room for the lack of motivation. Many barriers to be that chick. Many barriers, but I'm still firm. Many barriers, but being unsuccessful isn't one of them. She isn't so nice. She is so short with me. She isn't fit to lead. Stereotypes placed instead of recognizing when her tinted skin works harder. Melanin skin, far from a performer. Actions deserving of an Oscar. Her switch up so the majority feels comfortable. Bend the rules so they feel superior. Look internally at what's going on. Opportunities harder to grasp. Judgment based on her skin color, so it's a must to be assertive. Stern. Firm. Don't play with me. You look so pretty to be a black girl, honey. Don't be so disrespectful. You're lucky to be in that position that you're in. You've come such a long way. Please. Don't play with me. But why are you so mad? Don't you understand we did you a favor? Calm down, baby. I'm giving you a chance. Stop playing with me. I'm blessing you with my soul, sir. Your blessing is I'm giving you the opportunity to experience this melanin royalness. You need to count your blessings because it's very rare to see this greatness standing higher like authority in the king and queens that we are. So I do ask, if you may, stop playing with me. Please stop fucking playing with me. Ooh, stop playing with me. (laughs) She told y'all people, stop playing with her. Lisa's about it. Yes, yes. (laughs) All right. Well, 
thank you guys for joining us with another amazing episode of Black Activities. We do appreciate each and every one of you guys taking the time out to share this time with us. Our next episode, we will be focusing on Black health, which is, oh my God, this is amazing. I cannot wait for that one. So please, please make sure you tune in to that. Super important. Embrace your greatness and make sure you shine upon the world. Kings and queens keep doing <laughs> big teams. Allah. <laughs> <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.